0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode number 15 of our Book of Acts devotional series called Christ in the Crisis. Today is Friday. If you're listening to a recording or watching a recording, I'm doing this on Friday. And thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. Uh, If you're watching on Facebook, I would uh, encourage you to share this feed with others, Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter. And we will be doing this every weekday up till the uh, weekend of the 31st of May. The 31st of May is a Sunday, and it happens to be Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Pentecost, if you remember from the Book of Acts, Chapter 2. And on that day, you will be quizzed on this material. So if you hang in and you keep watching, keep listening, uh, we also put them on Podbean and the Apple Podcasts platforms you keep watching, you keep listening, you are increasing your chances of winning a brand new iPad on May the 31st. We are going to play an electronic game over the internet because we will still be in our homes, most likely, uh, on the 31st of May. All right, so that's a little incentive for you, and I will also put that on the screen so you see it and others see it if you share it with them. Okay, we are in the book of Acts in the Bible's New Testament. Amazing book to read. Uh, when you are in a crisis moment because this is the beginnings of the new community of faith, the church, and they faced crisis after crisis. And uh, on Sunday we're going to be talking about the crisis of exclusivity from the book of Acts and chapter 4. Tonight we are uh, continuing and we're going to go through chapter by chapter as much as we can every day. Uh, And we're in chapter 8 which is just loaded with uh, information. And we stopped at the point yesterday where um, uh, we run into Simon, a magician, an occultist. And he is in Samaria. The gospel has moved into Samaria because of persecution. And this occultist apparently believes the evangelist Philip, who is one of those chosen in Acts chapter 6. He was one of those um, uh, Jews who had adopted the Greek culture, Greek language. And his name is Philip. That's a Greek name. And he is one of those chosen in the book of Acts chapter 6 that we've already looked at. He ends up in Samaria, and the man is doing wonders and signs that catch the occultist Simon's eyes. Simon himself believed and was baptized, we're told in Acts 8, verse 13. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Interesting that those are the things that astounded him. Uh, We should be astounded more by God and by Jesus than uh, the great signs and miracles that he does in our lives. It should be him who should be our focus. So right away, the tip-off, that there may be something off in the heart of Simon. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria, and there's bad blood between Samaria and uh, uh, the Samaritans and the Judeans, which we talked a bit about yesterday. When they heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria to check this out. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, uh, regardless of your your background watching, uh, you, you may be from a, uh, a church, uh, whatever denomination, whatever belief system about the Holy Spirit. Um, in a Pentecostal context, uh, what we see here is a distinction between belief and salvation and receiving the the, uh, the the presence of the Holy Spirit, which happens at salvation, don't care what your background is, when a person becomes a Christian, the Holy Spirit immediately comes to live in the person. Now, in Pentecostal theology, we distinguish between that and a second experience, which is the release of the power of the Holy Spirit. So in a Pentecostal context, this is what is taught here. Uh, Because the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them, the presence of the Spirit was there, but not the power. At at least this is the way that it's interpreted in Pentecostal circles. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, i.e. in water. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. What happened when they received the Holy Spirit? We don't know. It doesn't say. Um, But it says that Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands. Just checking my volumes. They look good. The laying on of the apostles' hands. So he saw something. When Peter and John put their hands on these new believers, he saw something, something that attracted him, probably something supernatural, and he wanted to buy it. He said, I'll give you money. And he said, give, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, clearly, this man has still got half of his heart back in the occult and just fascinated by supernatural things and by signs and wonders. Where is his worship of God? And Peter challenges him. May your money perish with you. Wow, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Now, regardless, whether you're Pentecostal or uh, uh, Baptist or Presbyterian or whatever in your theology, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, The point is you cannot buy the gift of God, whatever that looked like at the time, with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Very direct, very straightforward, very blunt. And Peter is right in Simon's face. Uh, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. His conversion was very, very half-hearted. And Simon says, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. And after they had further proclaimed the word, of, the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. We'll pause there just for a moment. Um, very important lesson there. We see this man who has an apparent uh, conversion, but yet his heart is dwelling on the wrong thing. And um, the same thing can sometimes happen to us where we we come to Christ but we have these these other kind of idols in our hearts and uh, the baggage that uh, that we're supposed to get rid of, we sometimes bring it in. And uh, it's very hard to debate, you know, was Simon gener- gener- uh, uh, truly saved? Was he in a, in a genuine sense? Was he truly converted? It's very hard to debate that whole thing. And, and you know, we could argue, is this the Pentecostal interpretation, the correct way of looking at this? And we could argue about all that. But the greater lesson is, when we come to Christ, we come to Christ wholeheartedly and we don't seek God for the miracles that he can do in our lives we seek him because of who he is and we seek him because of his grace I'm always fascinated when I read Paul and Paul's letters how little Paul talks about the the many scores of miracles that were performed through his hands he talks almost almost uh, he gives almost zero information about them and even when he does start to talk about the things that he's seen and heard, he does so in the third person. And he he's very reluctant to do that. And that is because we're to be worshipers of God, not worshipers of the things that God does in our lives, worshipers of him himself. OK, and uh, we'll we'll move on. Uh, even though we could stop here, there's another great account here um I'll do this for you because it's Friday okay and uh, Philip continues on in his ministry and an angel of the Lord says to Philip go south to the road the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza he hears the voice the audible voice of an angel I know some of you are saying, well, you know, you, you've lost me right there. Well, just, just give it the benefit of the doubt. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. Interesting. An important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This is a very wealthy man. I preached a sermon on this one time, and um, he, he is uh, Ethiopian, he's a eunuch, he cannot have kids for whatever reason we do not know, and he is a treasurer, and he's in charge of the Kandaki. And uh, again, it's, this is translated for us well in this version, the queen of the Ethiopians. So this is a high-up fellow uh, in his culture and in his context, and he had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And he leaves Jerusalem unconverted. On his way home, he's sitting in his chariot. He probably has a large entourage around him. is a man of high standing. And he's reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Goodness. And the Spirit told Philip, he hears the audible voice this time, of the Holy Spirit, go to that chariot and stay near it. So Philip runs up to the chariot and he hears the man reading isaiah the prophet and he asks them. sometimes that's the best thing that you can do uh, is ask questions you you who are believers on the other end of this camera uh, ask your friends questions when you're talking about the things of god there's nothing wrong with asking do you understand what you're reading philip asks and he says how can i unless someone explains it to me and so he says philip come and explain it to me and the passage that he's reading is out of isaiah The 53rd chapter i mean listen to this he was led like a a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent so he did not open his mouth in his humiliation he was deprived of justice who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth who's that sound like to you right that's isaiah 53 and this is speaking about the lord jesus himself and the eunuch asks philip tell me please who's he talking about is he talking about himself is he talking about someone else now just as an aside if you talk to jewish people today about this passage in isaiah 53 they will say just that they will say uh, if you talk to a rabbi the rabbi will say isaiah is talking about himself or Isaiah is talking about the nation of Israel, even though the text is so clearly giving us an image of Jesus himself. And it is interpreted that way several times in the New Testament as being applicable to Jesus. And so Philip takes the opportunity, and he begins with that very passage, and he tells him the good news about Jesus wonderful opportunity he has an open door he is obedient to God obedient to the promptings of God maybe you'll never hear the a voice of an angel maybe you'll never hear the audible voice of the Holy Spirit but God prompts and God kind of whispers into our soul for us to do things and when we submit to those things sometimes as strange as they are Uh, god opens doors as they travel along the road they came to some water and the man says look here's water what can stand in the way of my being baptized he wants to be baptized in water presumably he heard about it from uh, philip teaching him about it and he gave orders he says stop this chariot right now and philip and the eunuch went down into the water and philip baptizes him in water right there on the spot no delay the man comes to faith baptize them in water and then this most bizarre thing happens you see this happen oh i think this is the only time uh i'm trying to think there might be one or other one or two other times in the entire bible where someone is moved uh supernaturally from one place geographically to another i really can't think of another place right now in the entire bible where this happens when they came up out of the water the spirit of the lord suddenly took philip away and the eunuch did not see him again but went on his way rejoicing philip however appeared at azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached caesarea i mean my goodness it the 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 account is is filled with so many little lessons for us Uh, speaking to people of faith on the other side of this camera Be obedient to the promptings of God. Um, Even in this pandemic moment, God is going to put you in situations they may be very odd, and he may prompt you to say things, to do things, to not say things, to not do certain things. He may prompt you for the benefit of other people. He may prompt you because he wants other people to know about the the good news of salvation through Jesus. And maybe you're not a Christian on the other end of this camera. God speaks to you too. God prompts you too because God wants to have a relationship with you he wants to have communion with you he wants to have fellowship with you through the Lord Jesus he presents that opportunity to you and all you have to do is ask all you have to do is ask him to reveal himself to you and to come into your life it begins that way so whoever you are on the other side of this camera or this microphone if you're only listening and you you're listening on an audio platform Uh, God does speak, and God does prompt. He does it differently, in different ways, different people, different seasons, different times, but God is always, always at work, and you see in this chapter so much going on, so much action, and that's because God is at work. So uh, I pray this has been a blessing to you and an encouragement to you, uh, today uh, we're gonna take a day off on Saturday and we'll be right back at it on Sunday morning at 11. Please join in with us. If it's your first time with us and you send me um, uh, a message, I'll put a cell phone number on the screen on Sunday morning. You send a message and that'll register you in our e-list. I will send you a little gift uh, uh, via email, okay on uh, you you do that on Sunday, and I will follow that up. So I look forward to joining with you uh, Sunday morning at 11 on Mm -hmm. Facebook Live. You can also uh, check us out on our website at citypointchurch.ca. God bless you, everyone.